With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 16th of October, 2018. My name's Patrick Smith. Don't know what we're going to talk about this week. It's uh, not really that much been happening, but sure, we'll play ahead anyway, because, you know, we usually come up with some nonsense to talk. We do have interviews, no doubt you know that. We'll be speaking with Kevin Rain, Adam Keefe, Kendall McFall, The Bish, uh, Lewis Hook, um, Jonathan Boxell and uh, Andy, sorry, Dandy Alton, keeping his name under wraps. But first of all, let's speak to Mr. David McJimsey. How are you? Not bad, Paddy. Good to talk to you, mate. And you, buddy, Joel Neal. How are you? Good evening, Paddy. All good. I've got so many uh, paracetamols and ibuprofens in me that if I jump up and down, I rattle. But apart from that, we're good to go. How's the tooth? Uh, the tooth's fine, but I've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on. It's just yeah, not I mean, too pretty right now. But I can still talk, so that's bad news for everybody else. Yes, indeed. Mr. Kitchen, how are you? Good evening, Patrick. I'm, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Keeping very well, mate. Keeping very well. And it's no doubt going to be an eventful podcast. We've got a lot of things to discuss, not least, this is Tuesday, today's news. But let's start by going through the three games that took place in the last seven days, the Belfast Giants with three wins out of three games, six wins on the trot, six games in the space of, what, 14 days? Not bad. We'll go to last Wednesday's game to start with. It was the free sports game of the week, and the Belfast Giants took the victory over the Guildford Flames, three goals to two. With regards to scoring, Curtis Leonard opened the scoring unassisted. 11.37 with an absolute rocket of a shot. Uh, he was just soon out of the penalty box, wasn't it? And an absolute laser beam that hit the back of the net. Uh, Guilford hit back, Cruz Reddick, uh, before the period was out. Into the second period, Patrick Dwyer uh, made it 2-1 to the Belfast Giants. And in the third, Jonathan Furland made it 3-1 before on the power play. John Dunbar kept things interesting. 
and 3-2. But that's where the scoring ended with regards to goalies. Tyler Beskarwani with the win, 30 saves, 32 shots at the other side. Travis, Travis mm-hmm. Fullerton, 35 saves from 38 shots. And your referees were Stefan Hogarth and the unnamed referee, Dandy Alton. <laughs> um, let's start with you, says Game of the Week, you had a night off. Uh, Game of the Week on Free Sports, a nice easy one for you to sit back and watch. The Giants look strong, but Guildford are a good team. I, I was speaking to Pat Davey about this the other day. Um, I think they're the best team I've seen this season so far uh, against the Giants. They they're they're quick. Um, the, the additions that they've made, uh, you know, they brought back their their core group of um, Akrid, uh, Dunbar, sorry, Dunbar, uh, Waters, and mm-hmm. and uh, the other guy at the back, um, Jesse Craig. Yeah. Uh, and I was really impressed with them again. You know, I heard. Throughout the of the summer, that Sheffield wanted the whole first line, um, and it's that's understandable why. Um, they're they're really good, really really good, especially on their power play. Uh, their power play clicked really well together, um, but even more so on the penalty kill, they're so aggressive. Uh, they just don't give you time to to settle on the puck, and they're 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 just they're they're buzzing about the whole defensive zone, just trying to upset you. They're not, Worried about you know getting the puck and uh, controlling, they just want to get a pass that blue line and make you have to regroup again. But um, I thought they did really well. I know the chance get off to a good start. I thought we controlled the early stages of the game and, and a good shot from Curtis Leonard uh, through traffic. It was a lead, and and then like, again they came back into it. They did show that short-handed goal, which is really disappointing to give up. Um, they won the battle along the wall, steps out from the corner, and and uh, slots of pass Pesco. But um, again we. When we talk about goals and, and uh, Patrick Dwyer's uh, bop goal, which was disallowed, he then he then batted one from behind the goal line and off uh, Fullerton's backside and Lynette um, to, to give us a two-one lead. And uh, overall, you know, three-two again. They they definitely had chances. Esco pulled off a number of really really good saves, as did Fullerton um, for uh, for Guildford. But I thought we deserved the win. I thought we could, you know pushing on the that's four in a row at that stage and. Um, I thought the guys really did, you know, come out to play hard and and, and you know again against a really really good Guildford team. Davy, one thing that got me as well is that in the attack, you know, Guildford are strong going forward. The Giants themselves had the the schedule's been pretty tight over the last week or two, and off the back of what was a brilliant weekend with regards to the three wins, to come in so soon on the Wednesday to put on a performance was excellent. I guess it's one of those things, and says we'd probably be able to say better than most of us. You just want to keep playing at this stage. You don't want to be taking days off from training, or, or you know, having a having a week between games, having a game on a Wednesday night's no bad thing at the minute. That, <clears throat> of course, we're going on this big long road trip where it's it's weekend after weekend, and a few triple headers as well. So getting games out of the way as well when you, when you're playing well is important. But yeah, Sam's already touched on their top line, phenomenal. Phenomenal group of players there, and then they really put it to us every opportunity they had. And towards the end of the game, it looked like they were, you know, they were coming on strong and pulled a goalie, tried to get, you know, panic tactics. Who was it said that? Probably, but uh, <laughs> you know, went for the went all out, and, and we've been able to hold out and get those really, really crucial two points in front of what was a pretty decent crowd for a Wednesday night. I wouldn't bring up those panic tactics things, mate. I didn't that didn't that certain person try to take legal action against you? Well, I'm not sure whether it was legal action, but it certainly wasn't too happy. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, your take on the game? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way you can really complain about securing eight league points in a week. Um, I went down to the tunnel after the game, and my first question to the coach was, you know, another two points on the board seemed like a bit of a slog out there tonight. What did you think? Um, and he was like, I, I thought we were okay. I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, I think in the first period, if you were to pick on the negatives, we were coughing up pucks in our own zone. It's, it's been a little bit of a bad habit this year. Um, the second period was very attritional. It was back and forward. The, the story of the of the game really was uh, an end-to-end display between Fullerton and, and Beskarwani. Sorry. Um, uh, Guilford, to give them their dues, came in in a midweek. Um, uh, you know, and I, I definitely underestimated them as a team this season. Um, getting a good look at them there during the week, they're they're going to take scalps, kind of similar to Fife at the minute. You know, their 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 game. Um, they came in and they disrupted us, and and uh, on any other given night, it could have gone the other way. But listen, I, there's there's no way to complain about eight points in a week. Um, I felt that the bodies were maybe tired. I felt that we maybe made it a little hard for ourselves at times, but. Um, if you've got any complaints, you're crazy. So <laughs> I'm going to take it. Eight points in a week. Good job. That, well, as you said about those eight points a week, that win actually at that point brought Belfast Giants in the space of a week from 11th and bottom of the league in the second. Um, they will face the Guildford Flames again on Sunday as part of a, the third game in a, in a, in a three-game stretch. And just before we move on, just to quickly note on that, says uh, that's the only game of the week that Guildford have. Again, you know, us having to travel or start our road trip and, uh, you know, two games in Milton Keynes. So you'll be pissed off with the way they played against us in Belfast uh, just under two weeks ago. Um, you know, that, that second game especially, we absolutely dominated them 7-0 and uh, didn't really look in any danger at all. I don't think they had, I think you could probably count the quality scoring chance that they had um, on one hand. So I think they'll be disappointed the way they played. But since then, they've given Cardiff a good game at the weekend. They beat Nottingham the day after we beat them 7-0. Um, so, you know, they, in their own rink, they can definitely turn up and play. But Guildford will be a different base in their own rink as well. They've got a full week uh, of resting after a long travel schedule. They, they had to travel here. They were up and down the bus. At Dundee. They were up and down the bus um, back, uh, you know, back-to-back games against Fife. Um, and they had to make that trip twice, up to Fife on the Saturday and back to Guildford on the Sunday. But... A week of rest, um, and obviously just practice as well for them will do them the world of good. Um, so I, you know, that'll be a really, really tough game on, on, um, on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. But the, the boys, as I say, they'll, they'll not be thinking about that. They'll be concentrating, uh, on the, the games at MK, uh, for Friday and Saturday and, and then, you know, worry about, um, Guildford when they get there. You get the highlights, kingdomofthegiants.com from Belfast Giants. Or if I say from Belfast Giants TV, it's uh, it's the free sports coverage that Belfast Giants have put out on their YouTube channel. You can see that at kingdomofthegiants.com. And we move on to Saturday's game over in Brayhead against the Glasgow clan. Where's the Kai? Where uh, the Belfast Giants undertook their final game of the Challenge Cup. Um and it was a cat and mouse game that the Belfast Giants won dramatically. 4-3. The scoring was opened at even strength from Guillaume Gellinus seven minutes into the first period. That was the only goal of that period. Into the second, uh, Ramos Bjerum. And every week, every week, somebody's going to trip me up here. Rasmus Bjerum, I'm going to say. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> made it 1-1. And then uh, Francis Bavier made it 2-1 into the third. And again, it kept with that cat and mouse game with the Glasgow clan constantly pegging the Giants back. Travis Earhart this time 
making it 2-2 before Kyle Baum made it 3-2. Jared Hansen made it 3-3 at 11-10 in the third. And it looked for all intents and purposes that the game was going to overtime. But somebody, namely the captain, Blair Riley, had other ideas. He went the length of the ice, crashed in on goal, on right on right on top of Joel Rumble, snapped his stick in the process. But the puck hit the back of the net at 19.58. And the Giants took two points. That's 10 points out of a possible 12 in the Challenge Cup for the Belfast Giants. Um, regards to goalies, as mentioned, Joel Rumble, the other loss, 23 saves, 27 shots. The other side, Stephen Murphy in net for the Belfast Giants, 33 saves from 36 shots. Your two referees, Blake Copeland, another new name for me, and the mysterious referee, Dandy Alton, <laughs> once again. Um, I know you didn't see much of this game, Joel, so you'll forgive me if I uh, if I don't come to you too often. I'll start with you, Davey. Um, it was a cat and mouse game. Not so much a game that Giants had to win. Qualification were always there. But like you said, you want the games to keep coming. You want the momentum to keep going. And what was a tight game, the Giants came out with the win. Yeah, a bit of a scrappy affair. But, you know, the Giants came out pretty well. I think with a shot after what, three seconds or something, right yeah. from the first base off of it. I think uh, Frankie's re- released um, the captain, and he and he's had a, a decent effort. And from then, you know, best foot forward. And all we we actually had a, a pretty decent first ten minutes. We've obviously came up with a goal, and then the game sort of settles down in that sort of scrappy affair, just as Simon described it as well. You know, and uh, we we got caught up with a wee bit with the uh, revolving door in the penalty box for us, and they seem to be able to keep out of the penalty box as well. There's a couple of you know a couple of little incidents through the game that you maybe want to go back and look at it again. But ultimately that that breakout from Blair Riley was seconds to go, you know, he's just gotta gotta stick in. We were under the pump there, you know, Garside, McFall defending like right in front of Stephen Murphy's net, trying to trying to get this at least the overtime. Blair Riley's nicked it and just gone coast to coast on on his own, showing a great turn of speed considering, you know, mm. he'd been on out on the ice for a, a, a decent length of time. That that line had been had been out there for a decent period. And as you say, Rampel just couldn't hold the first up shot and he's crashed on in there. I'm sure Taff wasn't too pleased with the £150 bill for snapping a stick in the last second of the game, but we'll take that with the two points. And I suppose a bit of a dead rubber for us, but important to keep that momentum going. Uh, as you talk about, you know, it's so important when you get a bit of it in hockey. It's it's very easy to lose and it's hard to get back again. So, you know, maybe we went there on Saturday night and some people maybe thought, you know, it's not that important, but it was very important for us to come away with well, the victory against the clan side, it's still still a bit of an enigma. I think they could be better, and, and considering some of the, the the players they've got in there, scored a couple of lovely goals. Our heart goal, especially for me, yeah. you know, he's 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 walked on the one just inside the blue line, and he's he's laser beamed it like top corner. Basically, didn't have a chance, and he had a pretty good view at it. I don't think there was too much of a screen on him, but um, that's good to know a chance because you set the bell fast. Or sorry, Stephen Murphy. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry yes, Dave, I've already said Stephen. Already said about Stephen Murphy had been a hell of a save <laughs> from his front room, but uh, it's it, you know it, it's just torpedoed into the top corner there. But uh, fair play, the lads were able to regather themselves and uh, come away with the two points and, and comfortably top that Challenge Cup group and, and march on the quarterfinals in defence of our trophy. Absolutely, Simon. You know, David mentioned they're a bit of a dead rubber, but momentum is key. But is that what gives the lads motivation? Because they know going into this game. You know, like they'll they'll know as much as anybody. This game doesn't really matter from a points perspective. So, how does Adam Keith instill that 
that drive in them to go out and get the win? Women, it's about continuing to win. You know, you've, you've got four in a row. Uh, the guys that Davies, you know, mentioned it already. You don't, you don't want to practice. You want to play games. When you're winning, you just want to play games. Adam's the same. As a coach, you just want to get out there and play games. Uh, four for four uh, after beating Guildford on Wednesday night and then um, having to make the trip over to, to um, Glasgow on, on Saturday. You know, the weather wasn't great. Friday here was blowing a gale. The wind was, was getting up and uh, they certainly weren't looking forward to the, the ferry trip, but, you know, it didn't turn out too bad. And, and uh, you know, going in there straight into the rink um, and, and getting, you know, off the a, a good... I thought we started the game really, really well. Davy, as I say, Davy did touch on it there. I watched the game back Saturday night um, after they uploaded it to the the, uh, the IHL hub. And, and you know, Jelly, I've touched on it with, uh, I think, Paddy, I'm not too sure if you were listening or when you were getting your, your set up for the game there for the show tonight. Jelly and, and Garside have, have uh, started being put together there till the end of last week. Um, and Garside is so underrated. I mean, yeah. so underrated. He's, he's just so calm back there. And I, I thought he made Jelly a lot better. Um, and that, leading that into Sunday as well. Uh, I thought the two of them combined really well together. Uh, and then, you know, Frankie's got the confidence. He got his cup as goaler a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he's pushed on. I think he's here three or four for the season now. Um, but, you know, it, when you lose a player of Patrick Dwyer's capabilities, the way he started the season, we lost him um, near about the halfway mark of the game yeah. itself. Um, you know, he took that knock and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, we know the other guys pick up the slack. With him losing out, and you're obviously missing uh, Shields and Van der Meer at the minute, you're down to 10 forwards. So everybody's getting quicker shifts. There's three, they were all three lines more or less repeatedly with Boxy jumping <coughs> he was doing the penalty killing. Uh, and everybody's getting nice time. It just makes you so much better. Um, everybody wants to play. They all want to get out there as much as possible. And as Davey said, you know, it's about the energy. When you're when you're in the in the zone and you just want to play, look at Blair Reddy. He's been brilliant for the last two weeks. People were calling for his head three weeks ago when we were in that little mini slump. Um, and uh, since then, he's been brilliant. He missed the preseason. He took that knock um, in training camp in the second or third day. Um, and, you know, he's, he's literally only getting fit now. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I think he's been brilliant over the last couple of games. But um, 4-3... Against the the clan, as Davy says, top in the group um, gives you a better chance to pick your opponents for the um, for the quarterfinals. But that's going to be a real a real pain in the ass to do that as well because there, there's no easy pickups. There's no easy team to pick for um, if we. It looks like we're going to finish seventh, sorry, second uh, out of the top to eight teams because um, uh, we've got ten points and I'm pretty sure Cardiff have got eleven. Um, so you know you've got. You're picking, you've got second pick. Who do you pick? I've, uh, right now, I've absolutely no idea. We want to go back to Blair Riley when we talk about Sunday's game. One last thing, Davey, and I'll give you your, your due to come back on it. The uh, Stephen Murphy in Nets for the Belfast Giants. A little bit maligned of late, but a good performance. Absolutely anybody. It's it. Who maligned Stephen Murphy already? It's... Can't say anything more than that. You know, his numbers do the talking from his career. Even this season, his numbers are absolutely fine. You know, um, he got a couple of games when we were going through a slump and we were playing well. All of a sudden, you know, we go to Glasgow, not an easy place to go. We'll come away with a win. Stephen Murphy comes away with a win. You know, it's, it's that old, you know, you win as a team and lose as a goalie. 
he went as a goalie as well. And Stephen Murphy had a big, big couple of enormous saves to make during that game to, to, to keep it to keep us in the game. And uh, I, I'm fed up talking about Stephen Murphy. And, <laughs> Fair he, he, he speaks for himself. Fair enough. The highlights, I say highlights of this game. There was a point last season where the highlights for the Bray, or the Brayhead clan, as they were, I suppose, um, were like 20 minutes long. The highlights of this game from the Glasgow clan are around two minutes long, and you can find them on kingdomofthegiants.com. It's basically just the goals. Um, and we move on to Sunday. Now, the last time the Nottingham Panthers came into our barn, Barnley in the second period especially, schooled the Giants and walked away with a 6-3 win coming into this game. The news came through that Patrick Dwyer wasn't going to be part of the team, uh, which meant that Dwyer, Vandermeer, Toe and Colin Shields would all be missing from what would be a crunch game at home. Didn't matter much. 6-1 win for the Belfast Giants. Uh, power play goal Opened it for the Panthers around seven or eight minutes. Uh, a fortunate one with Alex Guptill, Luke Pither getting the assist, but it came off. I think it was Curtis Leonard's leg came to Guptill. He sort of wafted at it, and it, it, it trickled over the line past Besker Rani and opened the scoring. And that's all they scored uh, into the second period, and it was a masterclass for the Belfast Giants. Kendall McFall with his first goal as a Belfast giant followed by that man we spoke about Blair Riley on the power play to make it 2-1 soon after Francis Beauvillier made it 3-1 and before that period was rounded out Josh Roach made it 4-1 into the third was two other players hadn't had a goal yet and both of them picked them up Uh, five minutes and 47 seconds into that period, well, Davey. Where were you? Box behind you! See ya! Hunter Bishop with his first goal for the Belfast Giants, uh, followed by Lewis Hook on 17.07 to round out the scoring at 6-1. In nets Tyler Beskarani with a great performance, 30 saves, 31 shots. Michael Garnett, 39 saves from 45 shots. And your referees were Matt Thompson and guess who? Dandy Alton. <laughs> yeah, he's, we've, we've seen a lot of him in the last couple of weeks. Um, Joel, I'll start with you because uh, you didn't chat to you during the, uh, the Glasgow game. But uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In that first period when the um, when the Panthers went up, I was a little bit worried considering what had happened the last time. At the end of the second period, I couldn't believe it. An absolute masterclass. Let's set the scene here. I mean, it's early in the season. Um, it seems silly to talk about these huge season-defining games this early in the season, but you've got a team coming back in who pretty much started our slump and, and, and made us kind of lose our own heads. They had just come over the water from killing Sheffield the night before. Um, we're rejuvenated. We're ready to go again. We just broke the hearts of Glasgow with two seconds left on the clock the night before, uh, and then we come for this absolute showdown. I mean, the first period was cagey uh, and probably similar to yourself, Paddy. Um, it's hard not to sit back and go ah oh god here we go again what's going to happen here um, I think maybe all in all in the first period the Giants were borderline unlucky to go in one down um, but that second period just 
uh, there's nothing else you can say. It was the single best period of hockey the Belfast Giants have played this season. Absolutely outstanding. Goals coming from every line across the board. How good was it to see a number 27 score against Nottingham again? And that, that goal was something that meant a huge deal to Kendall McFall. He was speaking about it on Instagram during the week and, and talking about his friend that had passed on. And, and obviously there's the meaning there for us also. Um, Lewis Hook with a one plus one, probably the hardest working guy out there. Um, so well deserved to first get the assist and then get the goal. Blair Riley continued dominating. I just I, I can't say enough. I could sit here and, and go on and on. Um, we were just phenomenal, and, and it really just put to bed the demons of that earlier loss and any notion that we aren't a character team who are going to come up big in the clutch and win big games. Simon, was this a statement of intent? Um, I, I think it's a statement that uh, to come back from the the game that they played against the Giants a few weeks. Um, I mentioned it last week in the podcast and said that. You know, guys, you know, hockey players have long memories. You know, they, they were embarrassed that night. The chance were 5 0 down. And by that stage, you know, Nottingham sort of switched off. They didn't need the uh, pressure and put the, 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 you know, to give everything after that. Um, and when you're 5 0 up and you sort of just take your foot off the pedal, it, you know, you give us an opportunity to come in. Ended up the score was 6 3, wasn't it? Um, but, uh, you know, I thought we were excellent um, on Saturday night. I thought, sorry, Sunday, my apologies, Sunday afternoon. Um, I thought that we started out the last first nine, ten minutes, we were Nottingham were the better team. I don't think that's uh, unfair to say, the chances. But then the, the turning point for me was that massive glove save from Besco, um, about 10 or 11 minute mark in the first period. It was sensational. I can't even remember the name of the, the, the guy that took the shot, but he pulled off an absolute worldie. Um, and it just lifted the bench. And after that, we were the better team in the second half of the first. Um, and as Joel's already touched on, coming out for the second, you know, that 10-minute period between the four-minute mark and 14-minute mark was just absolutely brilliant. Um, if we can play like that every game, there's not going to be many teams that, that can uh, sit with us. You've got to play five-on-five five hockey um, as a Belfast Giants team. You know, we need to, our discipline. I don't think our discipline, I don't think there's too many penalties the other night that, uh, there were there were stupid penalties. Um, I know uh, Rudy ended up getting that two plus ten for from behind on Stevie Lee. But yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was a bit that was a bit weird because Stevie Lee was pivoting. He was turning. It didn't look like you know. I'm not saying that it, like, it's a dive or like that. What I'm saying is. I think that the referee read that wrong. I don't think that it was an intention. I don't think it was. What, what would he get? He give a check from behind or a boarding call? Yeah, but check from behind. Check from behind. I don't even think it was that. I think it was just a bit of a coming together and a falling over. I would agree with that, Paddy. Um, I don't think he meant to, to hit him um, in the wall that that hard. But again, when you're when you're going in at speed, um, and I just say, you know, Stevie Lee, who's I, I think he's a quality quality player. Um, he sort of pivots just before he. He, um, you know, very close to the wall itself. And, and I think it maybe just was, uh, I think Rudy wasn't really expecting the pivot. And that's what made it look worse than what it actually was. Two plus 10, um, Lewis Hooks sets the two minutes. We're down to eight forwards at that stage. Uh, because, you know, Lewis is in the, in the box serving his two minute and Rudy's there for, for 12. So coming out of that, not conceding a goal, getting into the end of the second period. And then the third, we just closed it out. Again, scoring the uh, boys, obviously, Hook, Bishop and McFall getting their first goal. The day before was Jalen getting his first goal. The Wednesday before was Leonard getting his first goal. 
you know, it's great that there's just scoring from all over the lineup there at the minute as well. But you can't beat the Panthers enough. Bottom line, six one, well deserved. I said that the Rick Shernamaz after the game, I thought that it was a dominant performance by the Belfast Giants, and he questioned me and he says, "Really?" And I went, "Yeah, absolutely." I agree. Um, he says, "Well, I thought we played well, blah blah blah," and you know, he's wrong. We were brilliant. You you can play you can play well, but you can still be beaten by a dominant team. You know what I mean? I I agree with you. I think the Belfast Giants were completely completely dominant in the second and, and, and third period especially. Davey, six goals from six different scorers as well, considering the guts of the guts of a thousand NHL games worth of experience sat on the bench or sat in the stands. You know, there was a bit of an apprehension going to this game. Maybe wasn't required. Well, I think Simon's hit the, the nail on the head there as well. And, and as well with when Rudy was sitting his, his two plus ten, you know, we're down to those nine forwards and you're just rolling lines and it's just, it's simplicity and, you know, keep it simple, stupid is, is one of the mantras you always come up with. You know, when, when everybody knows it's your time to go, you're 45 seconds, you're going, 45 seconds, you're going. It makes it a lot easier. And the guys just got, had jump in that second period like I haven't seen this season so far. And once goals start going in, and we said this several weeks ago when we were going through the slump and we were still firing 60 and 70, 80 shots on a night, one of these nights, somebody's going to get tonked. And thank goodness it was the Nottingham Panthers. You know, they came in here. What better way to answer what they did to us than going through it exactly the same back to them? And not only getting goals from every line and, and, and from the blue line and, and getting goals from guys who haven't got goals this season. There's very few guys now on, on the roster haven't got a haven't got a marker. And, you know, the, the best coming up with one. You know, Lewis coming up with one. And of go, on, Dave, go on, Davey. Give, give Wax Lyrical on the Bishes goal. I just think that the the way that he comes as a bonner feeds it to him. Yes, I think it's just the way he uses the speed that he's coming in for the torsion on the stick. And yep. you talked about it the other day. No, very very little back left, and the par he gets from must be sixty feet. Says top of the circles anyway. Yeah, beats, well, he, beats, beats the goalie down low with a real real wrist shot. And brilliant for him to get off the mark. He's had a lot of looks over the last couple of weeks, and I know I when he came in here, I was high on him, saying you know he's going to do really well. I still believe. He's going to have big numbers this season. I think he's fine on his feet. Simon's talked about it as well. He missed a lot of preseason. He was okay. He was doing his own in the States, but it's not the same as getting a training camp, learning you know, the process that Adam Keith wants, training with your mates. He's, he's a big part of it now. And that, that line he's on at the minute is really, really quick. You know, they've came up with big, big goals at key points of the game as well. Not just, you know, that was a real nail in the coffin for them. They were... They're trying to get back in that game in the in the third period, and it's just bang, a door shut here, lads. Game's over. So um, the way we came back at them in that third period when they beat us the other week, we just didn't allow them that opportunity. David, can I? Sorry, Patty, can I just jump in there? You talk about that goal, David, with Kyle Bonds to um, uh, Bishop for the you know quick wrist shot. All started by Dustin Johnner. He took a hit to make the play. Yep. You know the defenseman steps up on him at the, just at the, the Giants bench. Little drop pass for um for Bonner and the Tula. As soon as as soon as Bon as soon as John actually was, was in the position to make that drop pass, the speed that, that Hunter Bishop he got four or five unbelievably quick strides and he was up level with Bonner, two on one. Thanks very much. It's behind you and see you later. <laughs> Do you want me to play the full thing of that, Davey? I've got the full thing here. Ah uh, no, that's that, that's for another day. That's one for Higgy, that one. <laughs> Oh, I'll do the short one. Where were you? Watch behind you. See ya. 
Still love that. That actually uh, makes me jump good, every time. That was a good night. That was a good night. That was the night we won the league. Yeah. Um, what else is to be said about this game, really? Well, I'm going to come back to a point that was brought up earlier. Joel, I'll go to you, is the fact that we spoke weeks ago about players who needed to you know, lead and Blair Riley has, in the last couple of games, really stood out and he is the captain and he has acted like one. Absolutely. I, I just I said to him after that Panthers game, he just looks like a guy who's enjoying his hockey right now. Um, you know, looking back on it with the benefit of hindsight, he obviously missed preseason. He had whatever medical issues were going on. Um, so you're not going to come in, you know, full tilt. And he didn't have a lights out season last year compared to his first in Belfast. So I get that it's very easy to have a grumble and, and not, you know, not be too confident in how he's going to play this season. But he's just absolutely lights out at the minute. Um, he, he just he's racking up points and he's and big, you know, after he scores anything or does anything cool, you can see he's having a great time. And that's not always something that you see from hockey players in this league. Um, going back as well to the the, the, the injuries, obviously losing Pat Dwyer uh, in a almost dead rubber game in Glasgow uh, is bad news. And, you know, if anybody was sitting before that Panthers game thinking that that was going to be how it panned out, uh, you're, you're lying. You're just straight yeah, up lying. I agree. Um, it's maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise that all of those NHL games ended up on the bench because it gave guys like the Bish and guys like Kendall McFall more ice time. And, and they knew that it was going to happen if they did it. If they didn't do it, it wasn't going to happen. You can't sit there and rely on some NHL superstar to snipe for you, to, to work hard, to do, to, you know, to score goals. And I think that's why we saw people like Lewis Hook blossom. Kendall McFall got his first goal. Uh, Bishop's goal was an absolute peach. That was an, uh, just an utter rocket and so I mean fingers crossed as long as Pat Dwyer isn't uh, laid up with anything significant it was maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise that the other guys were forced into the spotlight and expected to produce yeah I think it was excellent especially Simon with this you know road trip that's going to be the gut it's a month now before the Belfast Giants return to the SSE arena Um, so they had to go out with a statement well a statement but a performance that left the fans wanting more yeah, and again, you know, when you're when you're winning, you just want. Um, you know, obviously getting that goal with two seconds to go last night, or sorry, on uh, the night before against uh, Glasgow, you know, it, it gives you big confidence. It's a different, you know, that goes to overtime, potentially another five minutes of ice time for guys who three on three really does drain you. Like you know, and you're rolling three threes um, that try and keep guys going and. It really does get uh, it's it's tough on your body. Could have had the the penalties as well. So you know losing that um, losing that extra five minutes is a, is a big plus. Uh, obviously coming back wasn't ideal. It wasn't you know the 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 trip back on uh, on Saturday night uh, was originally planned to come back on the ferry, but the way the times worked out and and the game run that little bit longer, you know they had to get a hotel for the night and stay over. They arrived in the arena. Literally ninety minutes before um, the face-off, the face-off was delayed slightly uh, to try and you know obviously give the guys a wee bit of extra time. Nottingham were not happy about that. Uh, I was standing in Nottingham's tunnel waiting for Rich Shernamez to get a, uh, a pre-game interview for it. And though their guys had already started their warm-up and they were not happy, which would be a bit of bad luck for them. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, all those wee things add up. But as I say, when you're winning, you just want to keep winning. It's like asking Boxy that question last week. What's the crack, Boxy? Winning games. Winning games. That's what they want to do. And, you know, six in a row now, it's, it's far cry from where we were talking on the podcast two weeks ago. 
see, I'm, I'm always reluctant to talk about streaks or winning streaks because every time we start to talk about them, inevitably the next game is the one where the streak is snapped. What I'm going to do is just a little point that I brought up in the um, in the conversation, the WhatsApp conversations that we had, a little look behind the curtain here. Um, Davey, I, I suppose come to you, came to you with Stephen Murphy, I'll come to you about Tyler Beskarowani. Um, I'm very impressed, especially by his uh, stick work at the back, the confidence that he gives the uh, the defence. He, he's able to control and distribute really, really easily. It's great as a D-man when you're, you know, with a, a stumped in there and, and you're heading back towards your net that your goalie's out and the puck down for you. It just gives you that extra bit of confidence and that extra step to, <coughs> excuse me, to, to get in there and, and start making plays, get that control breakout going. And from our point of view, Besco, he's a big, big body in that and he turns away an awful lot. He takes up an awful lot in that and he, he gives our decor Real confidence, and we've came through that shaky period. But we're 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 building wins off his back. That's not you know that's not turn around and say all of a sudden we're just because our guys are scored and that's the reason we're winning. We're winning because best goes holding it together at the back end as well. He's been he's been a breath of fresh air as well. That big man, you know, I've never seen him without a smile on his face. He comes to the rink happy, and you know that's infectious. And and, and the D men are feeding off this guy at the minute, and you know we're obviously dying a few bodies there and. Obviously, bodies coming in, which we'll talk about as well. But Besco in there just gives the whole team a bit of confidence when he when he's on his game. We're going to wrap this up the conversation there because there's so much more to talk about. The highlights of this game are available with the game report and the match uh, and the match photos and all the post games on Kingdom of the Giants dot com. Um, one quick note: we'll go there. Our sponsor chat, The if you want to support us and what we do, you can, of course, do that so by supporting our sponsors, beer52.com. Uh, they are the UK's number one craft beer subscription service. And this month, it's uh, beers from the Balkans. So if you'd like to have your beers from Sofia or from Zagreb or from Athens, some lovely ones, actually, uh, you can uh, you can get them this month. You also get Ferment, which is a... Uh, ferment which is a great uh, a company book that will tell you all about the beers that you receive and a snack and you get that at beer52.com forward slash avftb where your first box is of course free thanks to beer52.com for the support and thanks to you for supporting them and therefore supporting us um on to the interviews. Uh, Simon went down to training. Of course, he spoke to Adam Keith. You're also going to hear from Lewis Hook and Jonathan Boxall, Campbell McFall. But we'll start off with that man with his first goal of the season for the Belfast Giants. It's Hunter Bishop. Joined by Hunter Bishop after a Tuesday morning practice. Um, seems to be uh, all fun and giggles and practices now compared to just over two weeks ago. Yeah, you know, it's a good feeling right now. I think it's important that, you know, like you were said after the game, you can't get too high. Uh, and on the other side, you can't get too low. So guys just got to stay the course. Obviously, things are going the right way, and, and we're, we're doing things uh, correctly. So players just got to stay the line, stay on the ship. And, and uh, yeah, obviously, the boys are having some fun today, which is always good. So we got a big weekend coming up. So I think everybody knows it's, uh, you know, we're, we're in, the, we're in the, the thick of it right now. So there's no... Uh, there's no time to take a step off or take a step back. You know, guys got to take care of themselves. We got a long week here to prepare. It's a great opportunity to, uh, if, if things are hurting or, you know, guys can get uh, get back to that 100% because three and three, it's going to be a, a grueling weekend. 
you've been in Belfast for just over a month now. Um, got your first goal uh, at the weekend. Uh, was that playing on your mind, or I mean, obviously you were getting the opportunities, but just couldn't uh, find the, the twine. But uh, obviously, getting that first goal, you seem to enjoy that. Uh, you know, my dad always said you can't get mad if you're getting if you're getting chances because if you're getting opportunities, eventually they're going to find their way in. So yeah, I, you know, it's tough sometimes when uh, when pucks aren't going in for you, but. Um, you know, I just try to keep a, a positive attitude and, and just know that if I keep getting shots, they're going to find their way in. So, you know, I'm playing with two great players and, and the team's winning games right now. So uh, it, it, it's important for players to focus on that when times are tough, I think. So obviously a couple guys getting their first, that's a, that's a great feeling. And, and me getting that one out of the way, I feel uh, obviously a little bit of pressure <laughs> pressure off. So, no, it's it's an exciting time of year. You know, this is uh, – we can, we can make some big – leeway league wise right now playing all these games um, especially a lot of these games on the road so we just got to find a way to keep getting points you do have that long road stretch coming up starting this weekend two games against Milton Keynes and then a third against Guildford you've already faced both teams so far this year um, and had some success yeah absolutely I think like I said the important thing is is how we're playing we got to focus on what we're doing and and stay the course guys are playing the right way we're we're uh we're making good decisions at both blue lines. We're not turning pucks over as much. We're holding a lot of sustained pressure, funneling everything to the net. You can see our shots are high every night. So, um, you know, we're a, we're a fast-paced team that's, you know, not making too many of those cute, pretty plays. We're doing things the right way, chipping pucks, and a lot of good hard work and goals. So. Bonner, a shout-out? Yeah, Bonner, shout-out. Obviously, I'm playing with uh, two beauties, and Bonner... Bonner was pretty pumped on that one to get me my uh, get me my first pass early on a two on one. It's uh, like I said, it what goes around comes around. I think uh, it's nice when you're playing with guys that want to share the wealth, if you will. So you know, I know if I'm not passing to Bonner, he's probably not going to pass to me, and vice versa. So you know, it's nice. We got a we got a great group of guys in the room, and everyone's playing for each other right now. Kendall, uh, a great run of victory so far, six in a row now. Two picked up at the weekend against Glasgow, and then uh, obviously Nottingham's game six one, and you picked up your first goal. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I mean, uh, that's something I was kind of hope- hoping to get sooner than later because as the season stretches on, it's one of those things that kind of always weighs in your mind. So uh, it was a pretty exciting time. Um, you, you certainly didn't look like a demon when you were going in on the goalie. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there, to be honest. I just uh, joined the rush, got a great pass from from Blair Riley, and then I guess let, let a little instinct take over and. It went in the net. I mean, it couldn't, couldn't have been happier. This weekend, um, you've got a long road trip, uh, three and three. Uh, it's never easy, and you've been down bodies the last few days as well. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's always always tough. It's nice that we got uh, a couple of days of practice here to kind of get back into the swing of things and get some guys uh, hopefully hopefully back and healthy. But at the same time, you know, we, we knew this was coming. That's why we wanted to have a good uh, six-game stretch, which we did, because we knew we were going to be on the road for a while, and that's something we got to learn how to play. How are you settling into uh, Northern Ireland life? I know uh, your dad watches all the Belfast Giants websites, or webcasts, sorry. Um, and uh, you seem to be enjoying things with uh, yourself and Roche. Yeah, it's been great so far. I mean, I have, uh, have no complaints. It's exceeded expectations, and I had pretty high expectations coming in, so it's been awesome that way. The only thing that's been tough is, uh, you know, trying to talk to family back home with uh, a seven-hour time change and, and then, you know, working and stuff during the day. But at the same time, still find ways to connect, and uh, it's always good. We're joined by Jonathan Boxall and Lewis Hook after uh, Tuesday morning's practice. Hookie, your first goal at the weekend as a Belfast Giant. Um, you knew it was going to come, but it's, I'm sure it's good to get the mug over back. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, you know I was gripping the stick for a few weeks there, but it was uh, nice to get that one over with and uh, can move on now. It was a good win as well. 
Boxy, again, the weekend, you, you were low on bodies. Um, getting a regular shift, uh, you know, certainly does help confidence as well. And, you know, between, obviously, yourself, Hookie, and, and you had a, a guy in between you at the times as well, it just seems to be going so well at the minute. Yeah, it's good. Obviously, we can fill in anywhere. I was even playing defense and training today, which was an experience. I haven't done that since I was about 14. But, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought I did all right. Um, but, no, it's good. It's good to have guys fill in with us. And if we can roll three lines for now, and obviously when we get back and have a full four lines, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, long may it continue. Both guys heading back to Milton Keynes this weekend for the first time uh, since leaving last year. There's only one guy in the lineup, uh, James Griffin, the observed last year with you. So a lot of changes. But uh, what sort of game are you expecting? Um... I don't know. I think it'll be a bit of a different game to when we played them here. I think they'll uh, be tactically a lot better, and I think it'll be a, a close game, physical, fast, and uh, it should be an exciting one to watch. Boxing? Yeah, no, they obviously did quite well this weekend with the game against Cardiff. I know they went down a few goals and they came back, so uh, it seems to be doing quite well at home this year. Um, but yeah, they've got a good team, and they seem to be doing rather well at home, and they've got some big names on that their squad that have proven themselves in this league. Um, so we just need to keep doing what we're doing, and uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll give them a good game. Adam, what's your assessment on the weekend with those two wins over Glasgow and Nottingham? Uh, I thought that we weren't uh, at our best in Glasgow, uh, but uh, the guys, you know, they gutted it out and played to the final buzzer and obviously out that, squeaked out that win there. And I thought it was a good character win for our group because uh, there are going to be times when we're, we're not crisp or we're not... We're not uh, feeling it, and we do got to find ways to win hockey games, and I thought we did that in Glasgow. Um, and then, obviously, you're always a little bit worried coming back home, traveling back home to play against the Nottingham Panthers. It's, uh, you know, but I expect our guys to get up for that game, and they certainly did, and I thought that they were great uh, for 60 minutes on, on Sunday. Your road trip starts this weekend, uh, two against Milton Keynes and then in the Guildford, who will be rested all week. Um, that's going to be a tough game, but I know you don't look ahead any further than the, the first one, which is on Friday against MK. Yeah, we'll certainly play it game by game, but I mean, obviously we do know that Guildford will be sitting waiting for us. Uh, you know, I mean, it, look, every time we play against Guildford, it's a tough one, especially in their building. We, we learned that last year. Um, but, uh, you know, like we just talked about, you got to find ways to win, uh, especially on the road and especially when you're tired. you got to play smarter and uh, use your energy more wisely. And, uh, well, I'm just looking, not looking past Friday. We want to get Friday out of the way and get it done. And, and then we'll regroup and go again Saturday and the same thing on Sunday. So, um, like I, I think that the guys are in a good place right now, feeling good in that dressing room, and we want to continue that. You have a newcomer uh, coming into the lineup this potential lineup this weekend, and uh, Kevin Rain returning back to Belfast again, uh, my best mate. Um, but uh, obviously, how did that move come about? I know you picked up a couple of injuries, um, but uh, obviously, Kevin coming back in for this weekend. Yeah, I think you know we obviously kept tabs on, on Rainer, and, and uh, you know we had a month's tryout um, in Austria, so we were keeping tabs on, on where he was and. and how he was doing, and uh, when the opportunity came with, with the injuries that have developed here over uh, to improve our team a little bit, we think, and, and to help us um, with another right shot defenseman coming into the lineup, a solid player that we've seen um, last season. That uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that we added that to, to improve our club. How's the uh, injury update with um, Jim Vandermeer, Colin Shields, and uh, Patrick Dwyer? Um, I think they're all kind of. Uh, week to week and uh, hopefully get him back as soon as possible but uh, 
Uh, currently, it doesn't look like uh, we should have any of them back for the weekend. I mean, we're hopeful, but uh, we'll see how, how this week uh, goes along here and, and how guys uh, heal up. Thanks to Adam Keith, Lewis Hook, Jonathan Boxall, Kendall McFall, and Hunter Bishop. Um, and thanks to Simon for getting down there and doing those interviews as always. Of course, the big news, or say big news, the main news from today being Tuesday, it was the announcement at 5pm of the return of number 22, Kevin Rain. Um, not least because over the last number of months, his name's cropped up one way or another for comments that he made following his departure from the Belfast Giants in support of his friend and former teammate, Jackson Whistle. We're going to come to that. We're going to come to the discussion over that. But first of all, let's hear from him because he chatted to Davey earlier today. It's time to welcome back to Belfast a man who is no stranger to us here at A View From The Bridge. In fact, he's been talked about quite a bit over the last six months. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Kevin Rain. Hey there, how's it going? Uh, happy to uh, get on here with you. Here, Rainer. Look, we've got to start off where we left off at the end of last season. Um, you know, you've came in for a good bit of criticism for a statement you put out regarding Wiss's move to Sheffield. You know, you described them as, uh, I'll quote here, kind of climbing, climbing the ladder. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find a fan of the Belfast Giants, certainly that wouldn't describe that as perhaps a step down or wrong. What was, what was the thinking behind the, the tweet? Well, I think uh, I think the tweet was taken very literally, and it's kind of a shame that it was blown so out of proportion by some. Uh, definitely mixed reviews across the whole spectrum. Some people, you know, saying you know well worded, and others totally going the opposite direction and, and totally taking offense to it. It wasn't uh, wasn't meant to, to be offensive at all, and you know, it, it came at a time when uh, Jackson was at a bit of a crossroads, and he. You know, he was taking quite a bit of heat, and I, I tried to take some heat off of him, but then it resulted in me taking way more than I had planned. And I mean, I, I still still stand by uh, what I said. You know, um, it wasn't meant to be taken so personally, and and I'm not saying that his step is is a step up. I'm saying that he's going to make steps that he believes will help him to make steps up. And so, you know, I, I mean, we could sit here and break down what I said. Uh, word for word, but uh, I think what's really to be taken from it is that it it came from a genuine place, and it was uh, really simply me just wish, wishing him uh, wishing him the best. But you get that as a sports fan, and I'm sure you're you're a, you have teams of your own. You know, sport isn't rational; it's emotional, and you know, some of us have the best part of half of our lives wrapped up in the Belfast. There, here, there's kids at 18 year old know nothing but the Belfast Giants and their sporting lives, and you know, they look up to and they, they idolize you guys. You just represent us. You know, you represent my city because I'm not good enough to do it. And, you know, describing yourself as a contractor, you can see why that could be hard for some people to take. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess, I mean, I do sign a contract at the beginning of every season. You know, I do provide, you know, I, I fill a spot. I play a role. And we, we all play along. And, you know, it's a, it's a, a very literal look at what we do. But then, of course, you go to these cities and then you play for these teams and you build a bond with these fans and you play in front of them every night and then you become a family. It's the same thing as when when you go into a dressing room for the first time. You walk into a dressing room for the first time and and you might introduce yourself as, as you know, hi, I'm Kevin. 
you know, but then by the time you leave there, there's no doubt that I'm Rainer and he's so-and-so and and everybody's got, got their own, their own bonds and we're all brothers by the end of it, you know? And so I guess I just took a, a, a step back from, you know, the family that we become and, you know, look at it as, you know, there comes a time at the end of a season or in between seasons when you have to, you have to take a step back and reflect. And, And I know that Jackson loved it in Belfast. And I know that he would love to play in Belfast again, but I also know that he had to take a step back and think, okay, what, what am I trying to do and what do I want, want to accomplish? And, you know, he, he had a decision to make and he made what he made the decision he felt was best. And so, yeah, well, I think I think rather than say we don't wish 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 this is easy for me to say um, we don't wish we don't wish Jackson well. Of course we do. We wish him all the very very best with his career. Obviously, when you go to a team who's a direct rival in your league, you can't wish them well in in terms of success because we're driven to have that success in Belfast. And talking of that, you've disappeared off for a few months now, but you're back on the radar and you're going to be pulling on that badge again for Belfast. Tell us all about what's happened. Absolutely, I'm excited to be back in Belfast. Um, I've uh, had an interesting uh, last few months. I was able to go to VLOC Austria and, and try out for uh, the VOSVO there, uh, their team, and that was a uh, big thanks to the uh, partner Cole Jarrett last season, who played there for years, and he was able to make a phone call to uh, his his D partner from the time he played there, who's now the head coach, uh, Gerard Untelgauer. And so, uh, you know, the network kind of worked out and, uh, he was able to make a call and he, he got me a, a look there in, in D-Lock. But, uh, unfortunately I had, uh, some issues going on. And so credit to, uh, to V-Lock for allowing me to stay in V-Lock. And you find yourself now with a, coming back to be a contractor in Belfast again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, they accepted me back, uh, back in Belfast, I guess you could say. And so, uh, you know, very thankful that uh, they're, they maintain their interest and, uh, you know, I, I get to go to somewhere familiar and, and back to the city I love. So, I'm obviously calling you here. It's it's Monday night. I'm ringing you up. You're still in Austria. When are you jumping on the plane to Belfast? I'm in uh, Vienna currently right now and I'm uh, flying to Belfast uh, tomorrow afternoon. And so it begins again, and uh, you'll be looking forward to getting back into training, meeting some new teammates, seeing some old ones again. Yeah, I know uh, there's there's quite a few guys from last year, and uh, they have nothing but good things to say about uh, the new guys that are there now. And uh, last year I was able to live with uh, with Jackson and uh, Sebastian. I was able to run into Sebastian uh, during my time in Beloch, and he's uh, he's doing well. He's he's doing uh, very well still. Scoring a lot and, and things like that, having a lot of fun out there. It was just a shame that I wasn't able to play against them and I had to watch. Um, but uh, no, I'm landing in uh, Belfast tomorrow evening and uh, hopefully on the ice Wednesday morning and then uh, may even be playing as of the weekend. And so uh, just looking at the schedule, it's it's quite a, quite a road stint coming up. Um, but uh, I'm excited to get back into it. I've been away from, from playing for a little too long and I just want to dive right back in. And of course, the next time you'll be seen in the SSA Arena, Belfast will be in Continental Cup action, and against Sebastian Sylvester's team, you'll be uh, you'll be tasked with shutting Seb down. Well, he, he, he can't fool me. Let's just say that I've seen uh, seen too many of his tricks and know uh, too much of what he tries to do uh, in order to let that happen. Uh, 
you know, he is quite fast. I'll have to make sure that I'm uh, I'm a step ahead of him and not uh, letting him get behind me. But uh, I think it'll be fun to, to see him on the other side. Well, here, look, Rainer, we appreciate your time tonight. We appreciate you taking the time to answer what, what probably wasn't the easiest questions with, with your honesty there. But just one last before you go. Have you had a chance just to, to look at the, the league ladder at the minute and see where Belfast and Sheffield are? <laughs> yes, I have. It's been uh, it's been a tough goal for our friend Jackson um, down in Sheffield, and you know they've had some issues there. Obviously, obviously it hasn't gone well, and that's unfortunate for them. But uh, you know I, I like where uh, where Belfast is sitting right now, and I uh, I hope that uh, although Sheffield isn't doing as well as they were hoping to do this year, I hope nothing but the best for for uh, Jackson there, and uh, maybe his his D-men can start blocking shots. I'll have to put in a request to Ryan Martinelli to help him out back there. Spot on. Well, here, Rainer, it's good to have you back on board and very safe travels to Belfast tomorrow. We look forward to catching up with you soon. Awesome. See you guys soon. Thank you very much. Thanks to Rainer. Let's start off with the important question. Uh, says you give him a bop. I did. Um, I spoke to him uh, yesterday afternoon uh, when we were we were told about the news. Um, and I said to him, you know, and I didn't mix my words with regards to, uh, you know, when we, when we made that conversation with him back in, what was it, May? Yep. Um, or late April, early May. But, you know, again, I'll say to absolutely any player that plays for Belfast Giants, it's not just a, you know, a, a campaign against uh, Kevin Rain. See if you don't want to be here. I'll show you the door and I'll drive you to the airport. No problem. Absolutely fine. I can understand... You know, I, I don't bear grudges. I'd rather get anything. If somebody's got a problem with me, I'll deal with it. Let's get it out in the open and get it dealt with. We obviously couldn't do that with Kevin back in May because um, we didn't really give a toss. Um, but he's now a Belfast Giants player again. And David put it very eloquently earlier on on, his, on a message that he sent out um, that we'll give him our support. And that's exactly what he is. For me, the comments that he made, you know, were at the time. I think I maybe I wouldn't say I jumped the gun, but I, I I really didn't like the way he made. It. Looking at it since then and talking to a few people about it, and obviously we're having a chat with you. It's I think he's been stupid the way he said. It. I think there's other ways he could have come out and said, "Look, stop giving my mate a bit of a hard time. I've lived with this guy for." He's been offered a lot more money to go and play in Sheffield. Um, and, you know, I think you're being a bit rough on him. If he'd have said that, I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it. You know, hockey players, it's a short career. You want to earn a bit of money. You want to have a bit of fun when you're doing it. Um, and loyalty is, you know, <laughs> loyalty is, is a, a word that doesn't get bandied about a hell of a lot nowadays. Yes, we've got a few guys who have been very, very um, over the last 10 years, obviously, Sheds, Mark Garside, Stephen Murphy, uh, Andre Dixon. You know, you've got all these guys that, that have been around and, and, and the different sort of mentality. But when the, you're a North American or you're European coming into playing the elite league uh, and you're getting paid to play a game, you just want to have fun. So I think he maybe looked at it from a, a point of view where he was trying to back up his mate. I probably would have done the same, but I don't think I would, would use the same words like contractor or um, I don't I think he'd have said. 
what is it? Climbing the ladder. Climbing the ladder. So I think that really did annoy people. But you know what? Life's too short. <laughs> you know, we, we Davey and, and, and the guys, and you, you talk about it all the time. It's just, let's just suck it up and move on. It's done and dusted. He's back. He's a Belfast giant again. Let's give him the support. I did give up yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But some people say things when they maybe don't engage their brain. I'm, if you look up dictionary, if it's just, if it's a term that I got in the dictionary, I'm probably got a picture of myself in the dictionary about it. <laughs> because I say things sometimes and I don't think what I'm saying. So I think that's exactly what Kevin, I don't want to say stick, but I think that's exactly the way it's come across. He didn't think of what he was saying before he actually said it. Let's go to him before I go. I wouldn't say I'm going to give my point of view. Um, yeah. What can I say? I totally agree with the fact that at the time, I think I said to you, David, this, this will boil your piss. And to be frank, it, it boiled mine. The comment that he made was absolutely ridiculous and it was taken quite to heart because, you know, it's it's an emotional game when a player that you put your, your heart and soul and your faith in as part of the team that you follow comes out and makes comments like that, then it's going to annoy you. There's no doubt about that. And it annoyed me. And, but you, I guess in this respect, I can fully understand. We've got a response on Twitter. It's a bit mixed, but there's quite a, quite a negative response from, response from players who took that comment. And to an extent, maybe for a while, it's quite interesting how it may have clouded judgments because Kevin Rain's not a bad player. Kevin Rain's a pretty good player. You know, we talk about how he stands up on the, on, on the blue line and he's able to push players back. He was part of the team that won the Challenge Cup. There's, I don't understand. You shouldn't let the fact that he said stupid things on Twitter cloud the judgment of the fact that this is actually a decent player coming back into the lineup because it is a decent player coming back into the lineup. And you know, shy if if he hadn't made if he hadn't made that comment on Twitter, take that out of everything. Take that out of everything. If it say it never existed, if Kevin Rain came back into the lineup today, considering how short we are on D with. Vandermeer being out of the lineup currently, how we're missing important Patrick Dwyer up front, how Colin Shields are. with Kevin Rain as a player is able to come in right now and you, and he never even said those comments, I'd say it'd be overwhelmingly positive of people saying there's a good demon good demon coming in. So why should that be any different? I'm as guilty as anybody for saying stupid things on Twitter. I do it all the time. But it doesn't make me a bad guy. Well, it does make me a bad guy. But it doesn't make me that bad a guy. You know, it's, I think that I don't want to sound like we're all of a sudden backtracking. I think it was stupid to say what he said. It still annoys me to this day. And I think if he understands how much it annoys people, you know, he'll get it a bit better. But if he goes out onto the ice and performs, because I think he's going to have to fight for a bit of goodwill from a section of the, uh, of the um of the fan base, but if he goes out there and fights for his place and puts up a decent showing in the games that he plays in the forthcoming season, then there's there's no need to worry. Basically, he's just a good player said something dumb on Twitter. David, I'm going to come to you, and I'm actually going to play a bit that was cut out from the interview that you had with him. I think explains it quite well to him. I, I guess from our point of view, or my own personal point of view, see, seeing you seeing you go off the Austria was like brilliant he's came to belfast he's done really well he's got himself a gig in austria that's climbing the ladder to me you know going to yeah she- going to sheffield's giving two fingers to us to me just as as someone who's passionately and emotionally involved in it you know what i mean it's, it's not, right it's not yeah. a criticism and it just 
Yeah, so knee-jerk reaction. Ten years ago before Twitter, you know, you say this, we're, we're having a beer and you're saying this and you're but you know it's 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 done right it's just magnified twitter just is a magnifying glass on it i think that's it david twitter's a magnifying glass it is look one of the great things about steve thornton's teams and that i kind of from the first time back he tries to recruit people and and the young guys he tries to recruit he tries to put these sells it with we'll put you in the shop window and we'll get you up that ladder and i have no doubt that Jackson Whistle maybe believes that going to Sheffield, I don't know, twice, three times the wages is a step in the ladder that he wants to go up. You know, he'll go to Sheffield, he'll, you know, he'll try and make moves to either increase his pay packet or increase his profile, his opportunities, you know, be a number one goalie instead of sharing his time with Steve Murray, whatever. But I'm invested in this team. You know, the name on the front is much more, I support this team. Whilst I support the players that pay for it, I support this team more than that, if you know what I mean by that. You know, and for him to say, ill-advised, I would say, to say that, you know, Jackson was climbing the ladder or whatever, and he's a contractor. They're not what you want to hear, whether that's the truths or not of what these guys go through. You know, yes, Kevin Rayan, he signs a contract at the start of the season. Technically, he's a contractor. We all are. We get paid for what we do. But it's sport, it's not rational. And I say that to him in the interview. You know, we're passionate about it because it's my team, it's my city, and they're my colours. And he's representing me out there because I'm not good enough. And for him to turn around and say things like, well, you know, an extra £500 a month or a week or whatever is, is climbing the ladder, then that's up to him. But at the heels of the hunt, Kevin Rain is now a Belfast giant again. And as I put on Twitter earlier on, if the, if the general manager and the coach bring him to the club, and they want to play him, then he has my support. There's nothing else that you can do. They, they still, he's representing my club. I didn't expect to see him back again. I hoped that when he went to Austria, he would stick in Austria. But unfortunately for him, things haven't worked out. And he's back with us. And when he puts on that number 22, and he, he's trying to stop pucks going on our net, well, then that's good enough for me. Before we come to you, Joel, I'll read a couple of the responses <coughs> on Twitter because we put out a tweet asking people for the responses. John Fagan. A player so poor, even the Sheffield Steelers didn't sign him. Okay, Demi Cox disappointed after his rea- after his reaction to Whistle leaving. He didn't appear to show a lot of loyalty. I don't see his return as necessary based on the current team we have. But as always, if he gives a hundred percent, fans will get behind him. Um, Magnamelia, solid D man with even better hair. Glad to have him back. Alan Durish, what motivated him to come back? Um, Philip Armstrong as a player I don't see him as an upgrade in anything we currently have spare body solid enough signing not overly impressed but with it, with him but most of the nights he's in the press box we we're only in good shape what? but with but if most nights he's in the press box we are in good shape as the rest of the original team are fit um, John Dornan it's not abuse derogatory in any way meant to hurt but I'm not getting behind a player who effectively said the Steelers were better than us. I think that's, that's unfair. Um, Nicole Simpson, fair enough in terms of the team. What he does on the ice is important and he's a decent player. But from a fan's perspective, he's got to prove his loyalty and that he wears teal with pride. Joel, I think that's the main thing. There's two sides of this coin for me. Um, from a purely hockey standpoint, it's a capable shutdown defenseman. Goodness knows we need one at the minute with injuries and whatever else. It's someone who knows the league and has the potential to perform. Uh, 
on the other side, there's a little part of me when reading Twitter tonight that felt a little buzzed by the reaction. That doesn't mean I agree with everything that was said. Um, in fact, me saying that I was buzzed shows how quickly that mob mentality gains momentum online. And I would like to see past that. But I feel proud when I see others who are holding this club close to their heart and who will jump to defend it from anything they perceive as disrespectful. You know, that, that old line that uh, Bracknell legend Tim Coleman once said, um, this matters too much to too many people for too many reasons to ever be only a game. I, I unashamedly cherish this club. Without the diehards, it doesn't exist bottom line so i get those passionate takes now my own take has always been i support the belfast giants that's the club that's the badge on the front of the jersey everything that that badge stands for i don't like to make a habit of putting my faith in individuals because sooner or later in this league at this level for whatever reason you're going to be let down uh, players come and go they always have they'll always come and go a tiny handful who come along permanently impact the club's culture adam keith a much larger majority earn the personal respect and the adoration of the people of the city, but we're the constant. We're like We are the club. Us guys talking tonight, those people on Twitter. So if you pull on my jersey and slog your guts out for my club, then I'll support what you're doing on the ice, especially if Kiefer, you know, someone who fundamentally shaped all of this, is asking me to. Um, however, wearing that jersey does not automatically qualify you for personal adulation. That's what we've seen tonight. That's something that you earn by how you carry yourself on and off the ice. And it's earned by demonstrating that you understand how cherished this club is to its people. Um, but also, let's, let's, let's not have any notions here. Who said that it was a prerequisite that a hockey player who does his job needs to necessarily even be liked or have everyone agree with his opinions? You know, for the record, I did like Rainer as a guy last year, but whoever said that a player, be it Kevin Rain or whoever else, uh, even wants or needs that admiration, like if you don't care about that, then more power to you. If you do, then you know what's expected. I would prefer that you got it, as Mr. Fitzpatrick would say, but it's not a requirement for you to be a good hockey player and to win championships for my team. So look, I'm able to see what Rainer said in the context that was set in. Like, I wasn't a big fan of it like you boys. It was ill-timed. It was stupid. But I'm able to contextually understand that his thoughts were with sticking up for his mate as opposed to, like, slighting personally our hockey club. My bottom line here, if you're doing your job and you're respecting the jersey that you pull on, even if you don't understand why, I'm all good. Simon, I think if uh, – well, that's a great way to put it, Joel. I, I think that <laughs> – in the guts of it, you know, if Rainer's not coming back, then we never have this discussion. People are probably listening to this discussion thinking, you know, oh, well, look, you know, you didn't say this before. You're right. We didn't say this before. We didn't say this before because we didn't have to, because basically Rainer was moving on. And that was that. We made our comments known. We <clears> made <throat> our dislike for the comments known. And that was that. Kevin Rain's back now. Good player. Slotting into Belfast Giants required. Let's draw a line under the comments. Let's move on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have it from very, very good authority that he was offered more money in the EIHL yep. in the last two weeks. I agree. Oh, sorry, I've heard that too. So, you know, he, he look at it from a different point of view, Paddy. Adam Keith thinks that he can add something to this team. So if that's the case, it's good enough for me. I liked him, you know, last year. I thought he was, you know, a decent shutdown defenseman. Uh, I think he'll he'll certainly add to what we have at the minute. Uh, Jimbo out, and, and good news was he was back on the ice this morning. But again, he's still, um, you know, as, as I spoke to Adam this morning, he says he didn't think he'd be ready for this weekend, but he wouldn't rule him out. So 
you know, it, it, we're coming into a stage here. We're getting a lot of games uh, for the rest of October. Um, I was looking at the schedule earlier. Uh, for the next five weeks, it's three, two, three, two, three. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's three and three. That's the games we have. Three and three, three times in the next five weeks. That is a hell of a lot of hockey. So hopefully we can stay healthy. Um, Rainers come in. Uh, and you, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, I know this is going to come across wrong, but you've got the Abara's balls. You know, he's come out and he said what he said. Yeah. Let's move on from that. But to come back into Belfast again, and he could have went elsewhere for more money. It just goes to show that he does feel that Belfast is the right move for him. And he does feel that he's got something to offer in Belfast. Has he got a point to prove? I don't think he has. Does he going to go out there? You know, I, I think I see a tweet from um, like John Smith basically saying that he wants to endear himself to the Belfast Giants, drop the gloves, punch the face of somebody, and everybody will be cheering for him. Do you know what? It's a, not a bad shout, but is he that type of player? I think he didn't he drop the gloves once last year, David. He definitely has it wasn't, wasn't really a fight, but he dropped the gloves and somebody hit. It was a bad hit on somebody. Yeah. You know, so do you know what? He's a big boy. He's going to add to what we've got at the minute. He's more than capable uh, of a, as a D man in the in the elite league. So uh, again, the badge in the front is a hell of a lot more more important than any name on the back. So he's a Belfast Giants player now. You've got my support. Well, unless there's anything now to further to add, I think we'll move on from there. Kevin Ray will hopefully be in the lineup this coming weekend against the Milton Keynes Lightning and the Guildford Flames. Right, let's move on. Time for the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And something a bit different, we go and delve into Team Stripey's. We've been keeping his name on their wraps and sensitively calling him Dandy Alton. You'll never guess who it is. Yes, it's referee Andy Dalton. How are you, babe? I'm good, thanks. We've, I think we kept your name on the wraps there. I don't think anybody guessed. Uh, no. <laughs> right. Um, let's start off. This season, there's been a couple of new rule changes. How do you feel everything's been uh, been fitting in? I think uh, the start of any um, new rule change year, um, it's always difficult. It takes a little bit of time for, firstly, for the officials to get the hang of the rules. Um, and how they want to be implemented. And then the knock-on is it takes the teams probably a little bit longer to to adjust uh, and understand some of the rules. Um, but I think once you've got f- through the first few weeks of the season, uh, I think it's, it's going quite well at the minute. I don't want to speak too soon, but it feels like uh, we've got a good, good level of, of hockey right now. And... Uh, the teams are all sort of buying into what we're trying to do. Has there been like let's say training courses? But you know, when, when when things like when new rules come down the line like this, are you given training material, or do you have to go go away for a training course? I know there was that uh, referee sort of uh, conference that was over in Nottingham pre-season. Is that where this is all brought to for? Yeah, we we all headed over to Nottingham um, for the national conference, uh, and we we split up into our. Uh, our different sections uh, and the elite league guys all went through uh, with Hixie and also Greg Kimmerley, uh, a load of video stuff and basically all the new rules and, and how they wanted them to be to be implemented going forward. 
Andy, it uh, says here, and just the, the new rules that have been brought in this year, what's the most challenging one uh, that is getting that message across to the players? I think initially it was probably the, the, the late hit rule because guys have been used to finishing their checks right from from junior, um, right the way through their careers. And suddenly they're, they're having to sort of think about holding up and, and not finishing a hit that they, they would have been able to finish previously. Um, but I think uh, certainly the last few weeks, um, I've hardly called, called any myself and I haven't seen any uh, late hit penalties on the, on the game sheets that I've seen. So I think guys are adjusting to it and uh, just moving their feet a bit more and, and skating rather than, than finishing that check. Joel here. Um, I'm going to take it off on a totally different avenue, as I always do. Um, I'm, I'm not the, the most uh, well-read or, or learned one on the panel here, but um, as a general point, I'm pro-stripey. Um, the job you guys do isn't easy. It's high pressure, um, and for the most part, you do it very well, um, all of you. However, sometimes, just like players, it can all just go wrong. You know, once upon a time, Dean Smith forgot there was overtime in a Challenge Cup game in Belfast. With the context that you, by and large, do an excellent job, do you have any personal howlers that you'd like to share? Um, not that I can think of off the off the top of my head. You're gonna, <laughs> That's you're probably gonna the right answer. <laughs> you're going to remind me of something now, or... <laughs> no, I, I have absolutely nothing, mate. I have never said uh, an angry word against you in the stands in all those years. Uh, do you ever have any of those? <laughs> what? Do you ever have any of those games that you look back on and think, "Oh my god, if I could take that back, I would"? It happens to players, and it happens to coaches, and it happens to everyone else. Are, are you saying that you're a hundred percent always all in and happy with your your games? Definitely not. No, um, we could always we could always be better. I, d- I don't think anybody. As the perfect game, we strive for that. But, you know, like the players, we, we make mistakes. Um, and all we can do is try to go away, watch it back, learn from it, and, and be better the next time that sort of situation arises. He's given me the diplomatic answer tonight, Paddy. I'm, I'm going to think again. I'm gonna, I'll be back. <laughs> Dalt is Davey. Um, you know, one of my personal um, favourites is the face-off dot and the slight change to the rule this year. Have guys got bought into that and just got better if you guys just not got the ball so threw them out in the last couple of minutes of the game <laughs> no I, I, again I, it's something that the guys worked with last year uh, because it came in sort of halfway through the year uh, this year we're not obviously throwing them away from the, the face off so the same guys getting two shots at, at the draw so I think it's pretty clear once you've had one chance you know the next one's a, a penalty but you'll know better than me whether there should have been and how many penalties there should have been so far. Yeah, but you see, I shouldn't know better than you. You should me. You're getting well, paid I'm a to referee. do it. I'm, only get, I'm, not getting paid to, I'm not getting paid to watch it. I'm a referee now, so... <laughs> ah, you're blaming the you're, you're blaming the line. <laughs> I don't see uh, how well, quickly they move on. While, while we've got a chance to blame people then, how's the, um, <laughs> how's the, new, the new leader going in, in terms of... You know, having a guy who's who's ref for a long time at the top of the game, you know, now kind of in charge of everything. He seems to be pretty involved in the the micromanagement of the thing. Yeah, I mean, on a personal note, I've I've, I've known Hicksy uh, a long time, and I've, I've been 
lucky to officiate a lot of games with him uh, and try to take as much as I can from uh, being on the ice with him uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, certainly he's, he's uh, leaving no stone unturned. Um, we're getting a lot of feedback, a lot of video stuff, um, and he's basically just holding guys accountable now, whereas uh, previously um, it, it wasn't the case. Um, we have to go out there and, and, and do the best job we can. And if we don't, we, we have to answer to that. We got a number of questions on from Twitter, of course, when we go for the final agenda. And Christopher Hull sent in quite a few. I'll pick up on one of them, which I'm going to push on. He asked regards to more video review camera angles and more reviewable plays. There seems to be, I don't think we've been afforded, but there seems to be a push at the minute that a lot of plays, obviously we had the goal line technology and, and how well that worked and whatever in previous seasons, but you guys seem to be doing more wider reviews this season? Yeah, we've, we've got the option to, to review more, uh, more things now, but the problem is that the footage is is not good enough in, in most of the rinks. Um, as soon as you start looking for high sticks and things, there's generally one camera angle and you, you just can't tell. So things like the high sticks uh, are just coming down to your, your gut on the ice um, and the video stuff's pretty much only useful for if it's crossed the line or not, to be honest. Andy, um, firstly, uh, Congratulations on being named on the long list for the uh, the men's senior um, world championships in uh, May, isn't it? I think it is. Um, when do you find out? Are you will, will you be in that, or is it just closer, closer? No, as far as I'm aware, the the WHF of uh, for the for the men's world championship, they compile a, a long list of it could be fifty, sixty officials. And it gets whittled down to, I think it's 16 referees and 16 linesmen. So uh, the final decision gets made in February. So it's just a case of they'll they'll monitor you through the season. Uh, I'm still officiating in Denmark as a linesman. So I still have my toe in the linesman water over there. Um, yeah. but they'll monitor me and, and just see see how I'm doing. And if they think I'm good enough, they'll... They'll put me in, and if not, then I'll I'll head off to I think Division One A instead. Tell me this: you've got the uh, um, the players on the ice at the minute. I don't want to put you on the spot for guys that you just can't stand the sight of. Um, although I could probably make a list, I could probably make a list of them for you. Um, but is there a player in the elite league uh, that you just really enjoy? Being on the ice when he's as an official when he's there. To be honest, I can't think of anybody that that really sticks out. I mean, this year it's been it's been really good all around the league. Um, guys have have just been getting on with it, and the captains and the assistants have been coming over and, and talking to us. Um, and I can't think of anybody who who. Uh, all right, I'll change out. it around. Then who do you hate? Who do you get <laughs> Yeah, go on, Andy. Go on, Dalton, get off the fence. <laughs> yeah, I can. I could really sit here and uh, and say that, you know. <laughs> no, there's, there's, to be honest, there's there's nobody. Um, the guys are all being being really good so far. So, um, 
you know, us as a, us as officials, like you guys chat away through the week, you know, we all speak and, um, and talk about situations and stuff, but I haven't spoke to anybody who said, oh, we, we're having trouble with this guy or we're having issues there. So, so far, so good. Long may it continue. Uh, Dodds, I want to wind it back a couple of weeks to the infamous Patrick Dwyer butt goal. Um, we spoke in the tunnel after that game and I had a look at the, the slow-mo on, on laptop, um, whatever else Neil Whiteside was down there with the footage and, and everybody was having a good laugh at it. Um, can you talk us through just your experience of that? You know, I, I was up in the stands and let's be honest, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I, I couldn't understand why there was a stoppage. I didn't see the puck go into his shorts, anything like that. Um, how did that play develop for you, and how did you come to a decision so quickly? Well, well I made two of us because I didn't really have a clue either. Um, I was the, <laughs> yeah, I was I'm going to cut that out, and I'm going to use that. Right? <laughs> it's going on the sideboard. That one. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was the high referee, and when it happened, and the play was whistled dead, I assumed when Belf- Belfast came to ask for it to be challenged. Now I assumed that the it was in the goalie's equipment somewhere, and that he had crossed the line. Um, but as soon as we went into the the goal uh, into the box and and saw the video and spoke to Matt Rosier, the referee, it became clear very quickly that that wasn't the case, and uh, the goal couldn't stand. <laughs> low, low key though, considering the millions and millions of views and impressions it got. Do you kind of wish you gave it? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad we got we got the decision right. Yeah, yeah I think that would be that would be, be the other side of it. If it was given, then you would have been highlighted. As, Can you believe the referee gave us? <laughs> that could have been it, man. That could have been your career highlight. <laughs> yeah, Dalton, it could have was, been. Yeah. Dalton, I'm assuming it was it was uh, it was kind of scrum puck being out of sight, and the referee's going to blow it up or whatever, but. In terms of that, if it had been stuck in the in the goalie's equipment, which we've seen happen in the NHL a few times, <clears throat> and the goalie's ended up over the line, the goal's been given, or you know, if if that ends up in the D man's equipment and he goes over the line, you know, would the goal have been given? Is it just a forward? Is it just a nuance in the rule, or just because the puck was out of sight, it's considered deemed to be dead? Yeah, I mean, we do have that 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 rule, which is the same as I think it's the NHL where. If you've deemed the puck is dead or the play is dead before you've had chance to blow your whistle, then then the play is dead. So in that scenario, a goal wouldn't stand, you know, under any circumstance. But you're right. I just I, I just asked that one because there's quite a few goalie skates out behind the the puck the, or behind his net to stop a puck. He doesn't realise it's caught up on a skate. Or in, in the bottom of his pads, he skates back in front of his net and goes down his knees, butterflies down, and it's, the ref doesn't know where the puck is. Everybody's looking. Where is it? Where is it? So eventually, the ref blows a whistle, but it goes to it goes to Toronto, and the goal's given. Yeah, we we don't have that luxury of calling Toronto. So but you did have the luxury of seeing that the puck had crossed the line. <laughs> yes, the puck had crossed the line. Yeah, yeah. So it's just I, I, like when I was talking to. I'm rule seven or whatever it is, puck out of sight. That's what I'm going to call if I'm the referee. But, you know, it's just one of those news. But here, anyway, we move away from that last question before we come back to Paddy there. I asked you this, I think, the first or second time you're on the cast. Um, you're given an unlimited budget 
within reason be you know just don't be throwing millions of pounds at it but you're you're working for michael hicks or with michael hicks and you're given a budget what would make your life as a referee would make team stripes better why that's a good question um thanks he's been thinking of that for ages <laughs> yeah he must have been um I'm just I, I think... was one of the ones on twitter <laughs> i stroked it <laughs> Nobody that clever. <laughs> Personally, um, and guys might laugh at this, but you know, it, it's mo- the game's moving, you know, to to new levels now, and we all have full time jobs. Um, we have to fit in the gym around family time and stuff. So I think if if guys could even get to the a semi professional stage, uh, if the money was there to do that, I mean, it would be. I would love nothing more than to be able to work out in the mornings, you know, sleep in the afternoons and maybe work out again <laughs> and just referee hockey um, because there's days you, you come to the rink, you've been working 12 hours already. You, you can't be at the same level that the players are at. It's just not physically possible. So I think that would be the probably the main thing. Um, and that's just from a personal personal point. I think that's a brilliant point as well because the, the the game is professional or to a level. The game is professional in every other every other aspect or trying to become more professional. So with the referee and team, the, the, the stripes being a fundamental part of the game, then maybe it should be afforded to an extent to make the life a little bit easier for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be great if, uh, you know, even if we had access to uh, the same sort of facilities that the teams have access to, you know, um, and that the costs were covered, that would be a huge, a uh, huge uh, advantage for us um, because it's expensive. Gym memberships are expensive, you know, to to eat right, to to eat, the, to get the supplements, you know, all of these things. It it all adds up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got one more question. I'm glad you go. We appreciate your time, Matty Carlton. Uh, has tweeted in and he says, as a new member of hashtag Team Stripes, what tips can you give to help me reach the Elite League? Another good question. Um, I think just you just got to work hard. Um, take every opportunity that you get. And, and if you're working with more experienced officials, um, listen, take everything on board. And uh, like I say, if you do get that opportunity, you have to grab it. Same as a player, if if they get the chance to to, to uh, step up to the next level, you have to show what you can do and and take the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, good luck to Maddie in doing that. Um, Andy, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. And uh, no thanks. doubt you'll probably referee another three games in a row for us. <laughs> not this week anyway <laughs> thanks man thank you thanks again to Andy Dalton for his time uh, listen this show has been going on and on and you know we've had a number of interviews we've had a talk around Kevin Ray a little great talk there with with Andy Dalton um, I did have an around the league part I'm going to basically truncate it to a couple of quick questions first of all uh, there's a bit of a thing going around about BBC Sport Young Personality Personality of the Year, Davey. Um, some people saying that Liam Kirk gets a bit of a I've read travesty, I've read scandalous, I've read the fact that he there's no reason why I shouldn't be in there. Your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, didn't you 
look up today that he doesn't actually meet the criteria for for several reasons. Depend depends on the criteria. It does say there is an and an or there that maybe he does, but yes, I do agree. Well, I I would say you look I, without going through them, like you, a lot of the a lot of the people nominated are individual gold. He, he yes, he's a he's a gold medal winner within a team. That and this was the, with the greatest of respect to him, and I mean this for anybody listening that thinks it's a, a very small part of the GB team. You know, down the lines, he, he, he did his part in the tournament, no doubt about that. But in terms of you know being up there as one of the key key members of the squad, not yet. Nope. You know, he's still still very young. You've individual gold medals. You've world people that have broke world records. You've that kid that plays woman. You know, table the, tennis the one. Woman of steel. And oh, no, she's, they, the, yeah. she's the player of the year. And women's so the best player in the league, you know. So Liam Kirk, you, you couldn't say he's the best player in the elite league or anywhere close to it. You know, at seventeen, this woman's coming into a professional league. She's the best player in it. There's people have won individual goals. There's people that have broken world and European records. If you go person for person within that list of ten, I don't see where Liam Kirk, despite winning the whatever it was, the under eighteen gold and the senior gold medals, and being drafted in the NHL, which basically means he's been. He's picked 190th or something in the world, you know. So in terms of that, he's just not quite up there with those other people yet. So unfortunately for me, and this isn't a Belfast Sheffield thing, just for me in terms of what he's achieved versus what the end shortlist of people have achieved, he's not in the same bracket. And I see people really losing their their stuff over it on on Twitter, but I just have to disagree with them. And and I could logically on a point by point basis with each of the other ten, but. For me, he's just not there yet. I think I agree with that. You know, he's he's, he's got immense amount immense amount of yeah. potential. But brilliant, uh, and he's doing there. well for the Pete's, and, and we yeah. wish him in terms of the sports personality. Yeah. Uh, and he's in the new NHL game. Um, different topics is uh, this week saw the Manchester Storm juniors build, beat the Billingham Stars juniors sixty six nil in a forty five minute game. Joke. It's it, it's it's caused quite a bit of furore. Manchester obviously backing their kids. Billingham come out and said, "Listen, the kids have had fun." Manchester themselves, I think, over the the four games that they've played, have scored something like 145 goals and conceded only four. They're in the wrong league, but that that that's a tough one there. Uh, is you know it's it's all about the um, you know the kids having fun, and even at a young age, you know you don't want to be getting beat like that. Cricket score to a certain extent, and um, you know, as a, I, I, I think it was the same game that I seen a tweet on the other night about it, and they were putting out their top players more or less every other shift instead of three lines, they were going one two one three one two one three, um, and if that's the case, then that's you know the coaches need a good kick in the stones. Um, all the kids at that age group should be getting the same ice time. Uh, they should be you know developing those kids. Trying to bring younger ones through when they're, you know, if they're, even if they're a year younger than what the group is, and and you know that you're you're going to get a lot of, you know, sixty six goals. It's um, mate. As, let me let me jump in this. I think and I don't concur with what Seth Bennett said at all. He's, he's blaming the EIHA and saying that Manchester Storm should be up a league. There's an argument for that. They won the league. They lost the playoff under the rules. They didn't get promoted but they're a much stronger team than everybody else. Firing 150 or 160 shots and beating a team. Did you say 66 nil there, Paddy? 66 nil. Yeah. What's, the, what's the point? You know, a in goal 45, in a 45-minute game. In a 45-minute game. What age group is it, Paddy? Under 13. Under 13. 
what does that teach anyone in those younger age groups? Why people? I had this with a friend of mine about rugby the other week, where I think it was Donegal Day or somebody were playing Bangor at an underage group, and one team turned up two players short, and they ran in seventy points or something. We'll lose kids to this sport. That after five minutes became apparent that this was going to be a cricket score. I assume after five minutes it was already five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever nil. That's at a point the two coaches get together and say, you know what, boys, let's get the 20 players or whatever we'll have. We'll split the teams up. We'll make it even here. And we'll have a bit of a scrimmage here. And we'll do a bit of coaching and we'll teach. Nobody learned anything that night. The kid that's got 15 plus eight or whatever on the stats can go into school the next day and be Billy Big Balls and all. But he hasn't done anything to be proud of. And I hate to see kids. I'm not one of these people that says everybody should get a trophy and everyone's a winner. There has to be winners and there has to be losers in life. And you have to learn at some stage. But winning 66-0 in a game of hockey is frankly ridiculous. And anybody that sticks up for it and says it was a worthwhile exercise is a Right, David, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you, you basically took the words right out of my mouth. I was getting nerd with regards to... Just uh, too you slow. Know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But again, we're, you know, you're, you're talking about youngsters here. You're talking about, as, as David's pointed out, you know, 66-0, you, you, some of these kids are going back into that dressing room and the coach is going up, you know what, guys, that's unlucky and you didn't do this and we have to be better this way. But the bottom line is they're sitting in that dressing room going, What's, I'm going to have to pick on our sport. This is, you know, it's just disheartening. Um, and it, it's, it does not do you any good whatsoever. Um, I didn't, I don't, you know, I don't particularly follow uh, a lot of other people on Twitter because I just, Hate to have them to be when I'm bored. I hate to have it be you know scroll through everybody else's. I'm not like Patty and being a troll and everybody, but hey. um, <laughs> you know I, I don't. Follow, I, I just don't think it's doing the kids any good whatsoever. Yes, that you know the winners may feel good about themselves by scoring 15 goals, but as Davy says, if, if that's the coach that's putting them out there and they're playing, you know maybe if there's three lines and the top line on a 66 nil score line. Is out every other shift, and the coaches are. Mate, what they're trying the kids, to do? The kids should be getting do. the same amount of ice time. They yeah. should be given. Well, it's a minute shift. Everybody should be getting a minute shift, and and and, and a, you know, the way they do the um, uh, Joel, the way they do the the uh, All Stars weekend. You know, it's ninety seconds. You're out there, and in fairness, ninety seconds after being in pop world for you know the majority of the night is more than enough. But you know, you, you certainly want you, those kids need to be developed. It's 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 not doing them any good to be getting beat sixty six nil. And I would not have any doubt whatsoever that those kids will just go. You know what? I'll just go and play rugby or I'll go and play football because this is crap. The thing is, says what Manchester Storm are trying to do is send them us, and we are going to be stubborn about this. And every week, if you will promote us up a league, we have a very strong program here. We should have been promoted. If you're not going to promote us, we're going to go out and humble teams every week this season. And their teams aren't, like Manchester Storm players, aren't learning anything by winning 66 now. 145 goals scored, four conceded. I think it's, like games? Three, or four, I think it's three or four games. It's, uh, it's embarrassing. Like, yeah. It's embarrassing for Manchester, and it's, but it's embarrassing for them. They should be stepping in at this stage, doing something about it. Yeah. The only thing about it is, it's Billingham to Manchester. Yes, you know, that's a good two and a half, three hour journey each yeah. way. You know, I know that the, the, the ice hockey and uh, it's a minority sport. I understand that, um, and I, you know, the, the kids have to travel, you know, long distances. The, the Belfast Giants, Junior Giants, were away um, to Kilmarnock at the weekend. You know, two and a half hours on a boat, and then another hour and a half on a ferry. Ned coming back, and I think they're coming back again the next night. Uh, you know, it's a long, long way. That's a lot of. 
uh, time that the parents put into it, a lot of money that the parents put into it. And the parents would be getting pissed off of that. You know, traveling a five-hour return journey while also sitting in a rink for potentially two and a half to three hours. Why would you bother? Yeah. It's that, that's, that is the, that's the, you know, without the parents, the kids will not be playing. If you ask any of the players that are on the Belfast Giants roster right now, any of them, they are doing what they're doing. And it's all thanks to their parents when they were kids. Because traveling, I mean, you think from Bellingham to, to, um, to Manchester, two and a half hours is a long way. Look at some of those journeys that those kids do in Alberta or, you know, Ontario or, or you know, Winnipeg, wherever it may be. They're traveling for five, six, seven hours. They get the game, and then they're doing the same back again. The parents are doing the driving. The kids are sitting trying to get some rest uh, without the support of all the parents. And that's not just football. That's right. That's not just ice hockey. This is all kids' sports. And nowadays, with all the child protection in place, you're not even allowed to take other kids along with you unless you have another adult in the car. And I could totally, totally understand that. But... Traveling, do you think how much it's going to cost for a billing in the Manchester and back again? You're not getting that friendly desk in 300, 400 pounds. That's a lot of money to invest in a kid's sport and be humiliated by a 66 nil scoreline. So Davy is 110% right. If that's the way that they're looking at it, then we're just going to go out and hug people and they need to take a good look at themselves. Manchester are obviously going to support their kids. Manchester are obviously going to support their stance, and there's no way you pass that. They do have a good system. They do have a strong team. That's just the way things are. And I, you, you, you're not going to get anything else out of that. And I understand their point. I understand the point with regards to the EIHA. I understand the point with regards to Billiam. It's. I think it took a, a scoreline out of this as an absolute shocker, and I think I agree with every point that you lads have made. Joel, I'm not going to come to you on this because I wanted this to be quick. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to move things. <laughs> I, you know, the, I, I, I rolled in the grenade of this topic, and, and uh, it went on a bit. You know, it was, it was great. We got some full of frank discussion out of it. But uh, I don't even get to go on to one of my bugbears this week, which is the Coventry Blaze social media policy for fans. Not a big fan of that. Unsurprisingly. Um, but we'll move on. And what we'll do is I'm actually going to just say that this weekend's games, Belfast Giants have three games in three nights. It's the start of a long home stretch. Sorry, a long home stretch. A long stretch away from home. Two games away to Milton Keynes Lightning on Friday and Saturday night, 7.30 on Friday, 7 o'clock on Saturday. And then into Sunday, they travel into Surrey to face the Guildford Flames 6 p.m. face-off. The face-offs at Milton Keynes at 7.30 and 7 on Friday and Saturday. There is a webcast for that. Keep an eye on at AVFTV on Twitter. We'll give you information on that. Guildford away. There is no webcast. We'll give you as much detail as we can when it comes to that night as to, as to scores and, and what information we can give you or throw your way. I'm not going to chat to the boys about that because it speaks for itself. We are on the, we are on the cusp of where we've just had 12 points out of 12 out of the last six games. And now we're into what is a long stretch and it'll be a real test. We'll come back. We'll talk about that test next week. Any other business gentlemen? I have to say happy birthday to Lee Carson. He's a phone cab driver, but he's a to the ABFT podcast. Okay. Says he's 28. Biggest load of ball. Um, he's way older than that. But uh, happy birthday, Lee. We're not saying happy birthday to you, Lee. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you got to earn that. <laughs> anything, anything else, gents? No, nothing from me, Paddy. Joe? No, my mouth hurts. <laughs> Sorry, Paddy, I have one more. Congratulations on, to the Blazing on, Stars. 
Say again? Sorry. Congratulations, Dundee Stars. Just qualified for the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup at the expense of the Glasgow Brayhead um, Renfrewshire clan. <laughs> poor old, poor old Brayhead, eh? Where's the Kai? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap up what has been a great, but very long show. Uh, like I said, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three games and three nights for the Belfast Giants, away to the Milton Keynes Lightning on Friday and Saturday. Both have webcasts, 7.30 on Friday, 7 o'clock on Saturday. Sunday night, away to the Guildford Flames at the Spectrum, uh, 6 p.m. face-off. Keep an eye out at AVFTV on Twitter for all information. Kingdomofthegiants.com for your game reports and whatever else we can throw your way some great uh, articles in the last couple of weeks and etc 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 Facebook you can get us on there if you just search out A View from the Bridge and if you want to send us an email because not many people ever do podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com David, Joel, Simon thanks very much thanks boys always a pleasure thank you Patrick cheers cheers and wherever you are this weekend We hope you enjoy your hockey, especially if you're going on that road trip to Milton Keynes and Guildford. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.